You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, brought here tonight by the good folks over at ZipRecruiter. Uh, so obviously, if you're looking or you know, if you're looking for work or you're looking for a better gig, go ahead, check out ZipRecruiter. Go ahead, check out ZipRecruiter. have a promo code for you later. Um, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith here for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Again, guys, obviously, you know, the great responses and everything here over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, look, it's what we set out to do. It's what we enjoy to do. So I uh, appreciate you all there. So uh, obviously, you know, uh, make sure you please uh, leave those ratings, reviews, always the hope the show uh, help the show as well. Uh, whether it's the hand fr- hands-free in your car or it's the hands-free Alexa at home. Play podcast Locked on Browns. Have the latest episode brought up. Sit back and enjoy with your favorite adult beverage, as long as you're not driving kids. We're going to get into, obviously, we said we're going to talk about, you know, obviously some of these division and their drafts. Um, obviously, so we got you guys the AFC North last night. A uh, bunch of great stuff we got into there. Uh, we're going to get to the AFC East tonight. Obviously, the Browns will play every one of these teams. Um, I, we're going to open it up, and I, and I guess, well, A, number one, they're the champs, so you open it up there. A, number two, that is going to be the ultimate litmus test of where this franchise is when they... I believe it's week six. Uh, actually, and it might be week seven because right, that would be the week after the bye, right? So they get the bye to go into it. But this is this is you know who you're going to measure yourself. This is where this is now your measuring stick. This is where you want to see who you are. Um, and uh, look, the Boston media, uh, it, it's up on Twitter. It's your annual. Oh, it must be somewhere around April. Josh Gordon's in the best shape of his life. He's in the best state of li- mind. Look, nothing against Josh Gordon, and you know he'll probably battle this illness and disease his entire life, which is just terrible. You hope one day he gets it right. I I, I think the only way Josh could ever truly get himself 100% right is if football wasn't involved. But the problem is, is Josh has lost so much money. He really needs football involved because this guy needs some money. Um, but you know, there they are. Oh, you know, and they're all buying in or whatever. First thing I'm saying is we've been there before. We've seen this before. We do this every year with Josh Gordon, uh, the New England Patriots, which they never, ever do. And I guess that's where we can start it off here, Pete. Is draft a wide receiver in the first round? Pick number 32 overall. A guy who I was high on early. Pete was so so on. Pete ended up with Nikhil Harry, wide receiver out of Arizona State, as his number one wide receiver overall. And we'll get to see him this year, Pete, as, you know, 32 overall and headed off to New England. Uh, you're going to have to move on from Gronk, apparently, is the plan. I, I don't know if still Bill doesn't put up the bat signal and say, get your ass back here, that he's not going to show up at any point. Uh, but, you know, we'll start it off with Nikhil Harry here, Pete. Uh, I think this is the first receiver they've taken in the first round since Chad Jackson, and maybe that was the second round. But you know, I don't even think that was round one. Yeah, couldn't play dead. Um, the Patriots are so confident in Josh Gordon that they are drafting Nikhil Harry in the first round, and there's still a lot of rumors about potentially trading for Kyle Rudolph. Um, so we'll see. I hope it works out for him. See, but- see, this is where Bill Belichick is just smarter than everybody else. Sure, if you're here, that's fine. But, uh, and you want to know what? Even if he's there week one. Eh, I still got my question marks. I got a bunch of guys. Sit and watch. Give me two weeks. Uh, Bill's not going to give him anything. Bill's going to make him earn every step of it because now he's burned Bill. Before he hadn't burned Bill, but now he has. And that's going to be, it's going to be a tough one to get out of. Yeah, it's, you know, not counting on him, but be a bonus if he's there. Yeah, Nikhil Harry was my number one receiver. I did not expect him to be that fast. Um, 
you know, there's some inconsistency there on tape. He's the guy who's as good as he wants to be. When he's engaged and he wants to be good, he is absolutely dominant, both as a receiver, a route runner, and a blocker. Um, but there are times where that focus just isn't there and he runs some lazy routes or, you know, he's just not – doesn't look like he's into it. So there is a superstar in there. It's just a question of how often it wants to come out. Um, it's a very nice fit with Tom Brady, given that his arm strength is, you know, declining. Um, being that he's in his 40s, that's likely to happen. Uh, that You tell Terry me that avocado toast doesn't bring back arm strength? At the very least, it doesn't completely stop it from degrading. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so Nikhil Harry can be a guy that catches a short pass and takes it a decent way. and be a guy who can fight for passes, um, those type of things. So from that standpoint, it's a really good fit. Uh, they get a weapon, and, you know, they obviously expect him to contribute now. They don't draft with the expectation of years down the road. Uh, with the exception of quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I it will be fascinating. Uh, I, you know, I, I think for the Patriots and Nikhil Harry, I almost would like to think that, uh, that Josh Gordon may be a welcome distraction only so that he, this kid can sort of get his feet under him and all those things. Um, just he is very talented, but... You know, if, if he gets off to a, a a slow start or something like that in training camp and preseason and those things, that you know, because of what the Patriots are always trying to do, that they don't really have a lot of time to sort of wait on some guys. And it's not like they can't win without Nikhil Harry. Clearly, they can. But you know, when you take a guy like that and it's a weapon, that you know, the focus is often on that guy right now. Yeah, and, and you know, look, and God bless the kid. And this may be the one thing. Because some of what we heard about Nikhil Harry, and obviously, guys, I have some ties to some guys who may be close with the Arizona State program, is he runs a little hot and cold and sometimes buys into his own hype. So the, some of the negatives I've heard on Nikhil Harry, he wants a perfect place because you know, that shit don't fly. You know, I mean, Bill's going to point you to the trophy cases. He's going to point to Tom Brady and say, look, you're going to do it the way we're going to do it because I don't care if I drafted you 32nd or not. You know, you could be here... For three weeks, you could be here for 13 seasons. We do what we do, so you better buy in, kid. But, you know, I think it's a great place for Harry, and obviously, you know, he gets to play. Obviously, you know, Tom, with a little bit diminishing, diminishing on the fastball. Placement's still there. You know, Harry, should it should be a nice fit, and, you know, you could see a little Denzel Ward, Nikhil Harry action, and who knows, could be one of two contests between the uh, Patriots and, obviously, the Cleveland Browns here this year. In the second round, uh, now Pete, uh, now this one was a little interesting. Um, like to the player, the testing cooled on him. Uh, you know, probably going to want to keep more, keep things in front of him, more of a zone guy. Uh, he, he, damn, damn physical for a cornerback. Uh, Joe Juan Williams, cornerback out of Vanderbilt. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's actually best suited to be a safety, but I have and a theory. And, and if anybody would do it. <laughs> Yeah, I have a theory on Jawan Williams. Uh, I think he was picked specifically to counter t- tight ends. Um, certainly, they Kelsey. They, yeah, I mean that's a hundred percent Kelsey, uh, Eric Ebron. Oh, that's good. Yeah, David Njoku. Now, you know, in a theoretical playoff matchup, 
Uh, and then just in the division, you're trying to you know def- find a guy who can defend Mike Jacecki if Mike Jacecki takes a big step. But yeah, it's a hundred percent about the playoffs. Uh, you know, if you see the Steelers, Vance Williams had a great year last year. If he can stay healthy, he's a very good player. I I think Jawan Williams is there specifically because he can go, he is a unique specimen in terms of. His agility is very good. He's very big. He's very strong. He's very physical, and, and he has enough speed to deal. With. Um, now I am su- super prepared to be dead wrong, but on this for now, I, I think in that scenario it could be very, very good. Uh, Juwan Williams was definitely a target on my board. Again, I think he's more suited to be a safety than a corner. But if you're saying he's a press guy. Uh, you know, short area and maybe protecting him over the top, then it could be great. But when you are Bill Belichick and you play, you know, so much about your thought processes, matchups in different ways you can defend people, that is where I immediately jump to with Juwan Williams. And the reason for that is so they can not have to have uh, the uh, their free safety McCordy. get yeah, Devin McCourty, I think it is intended to allow him to be a free safety. He never has to, theoretically in that scenario, play straight man. He can be more over-the-top guy who can cause turnovers and all those type of things. So that's that's my theory on Juwan to be on. Um, but look, I mean, the size it fits, because um, obviously he's closer to six foot three. he's in the 215s. Um, and the physicality of his game is probably his calling card. It, it, it makes a ton of sense. And if there's anybody that could look at Bill and say, "All right, well, I need a guy that can do this, this, and this," he's got the coverage standpoint. Obviously, you know, from playing cornerback in the SEC, so he's seen. But there's, you know, Bill Bill drafts people for a role in mind. So that's where Joe Juan Williams come in, and it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, and obviously a lot of it would be on him. And you know, he gets a taste early and he plays well. That's the way it works with Bill. It's, you know, I mean, he will wait on a guy, or, or maybe not even wait on a guy. It's just you didn't get into my plan, so you go that way with it. Uh, round three, Chase Winovich out of Michigan. The more productive player was able to, you know, work out, test well. Chase Winovich, Pete. Uh, physically, he has the traits you want. Uh, Production-wise, he has what you want. The problem is he's 24. Um, that's – look, people will dismiss that. They will say that's not a big deal, and, and and even more so with the Patriots because they'll say, well, they need him to come in and play re- well now. That's fine, but he's not going to be playing against 20- and 21-year-olds anymore. He's going to be playing grown-ass men and – you know, all the white cliches about hustle and, you know, Great, motor and all that stuff may not matter in the end. Um, so I am very skeptical of this pick. Uh, I would have hated it for the Browns. Uh, people will defend it with the Patriots for the reasons I already mentioned. I I, I believe when I see it. And, and maybe he's a guy who has, you know, a, a productive year or two. Uh, and then, you know, he's not going to get a second contract. That would be a great scenario for them. I will see. We'll see. I, you know, all I heard was when they picked him, Rob Nikovich, Rob Nikovich, Rob Nikovich. Okay. I mean, we'll see. Or Kyler Van Noy, which is their new flavor of the week, doing that type of role for them. But he's uh, actually good. 
Yes, yes, he is. Um, they double dipped in round three, um, and in our opinion, uh, this is you know we talked about this guy's a hundred times. Uh, you get the running back that apparently Nick Saban thought was the better player for three years. Um, you get him exactly two rounds later to the pick, and you get Damian Harris. And this Pete, this makes me wonder a little bit, you know. And look, obviously, you know, Sony Michelle did a fantastic job. White is just an absolute pain in the butt. Burkhead. Eh maybe to ease the load earlier in the season on your 40-something-year-old quarterback? Let's run a ball a little bit more. Um, He fits in terms of a James White-type player, uh, in terms of being an all-around type guy. Obviously, James White has become a very you know, specific player uh, as a passing threat. You know, Damian Harris is, is sort of that toolsy guy who does a little bit of everything, which is, you know, that, that, that's what the Patriots love to have. I mean, uh, they, they like guys who can – you can put in different spots and, and have them succeed. I, I think it's depth for James White. I think it's depth for Sony Michelle. I think they just want to ensure that they are never in a situation – you know, they're short on running backs. And that's – you know that's that's certainly a good situation to have. I, you know, do they want to run the ball more? Maybe, um, but probably not. I think the only time they really want to run the ball is when it matters. Um, I think that's it's it's a fine pick. He he. You know, I I I I do believe he will have the longest career of the backs that came out of Alabama this year, um, and certainly going to the Patriots looks like it helps so long as he can do those other things. I also think he's a guy who can contribute on special teams. So he gives you a little bit of everything, and it may ultimately come down to the Patriots finding that particular niche where they love what this one thing he does, and he gets to do it overall. But I think they they do like the fact that he does just a little bit of everything so he can uh, spell guys or be there for depth. And, you know, it, it's it's just interesting. And first things first, Pete, it's weird. We're going to go on here. Normally, if we're going to cover the Patriots draft class, we're done now. But uh, obviously, there's still more to come. Uh, so, uh, but Harris, nice pick. And look, it's it's going to allow them to, you know, obviously mix and give you a ton of different looks because they're going to be confident in four running backs they can put on the field, which is just going to make things even more difficult as far as, you know, scouting them, playing them, making calls at the line defensively, just, you know, wreaking havoc, which is what New England is excellent at. Uh, second pick, and actually, they had three in the third round. Uh, Yannicka Juiced. Uh, now, this will be interesting because last year they spent a first-round pick um, on another Georgia uh, Georgia offensive lineman. They did not have him. Uh, obviously, now hope, they're hoping he will be the left tackle. You've got insurance in case that doesn't work as long as Kajust is healthy. But go ahead, Pete. Well, Yannicka Juiced, the first thing is, you know, what is his status? When is he going to be ready? Because he has... I believe a quad injury that's been holding him out. Uh, he was unable to do any athletic testing, and he's a project. So, sure, uh, they get uh, you know for the Patriots, they like getting cheap depth that they can develop. They've obviously got one of the better offensive line coaches in football, and Dante Dante Scarnecchia. Uh, you know, I, I think Yadi Kajust immediately factors in as the swing tackle. They've got. You know, guys, they want to start on both sides, but they get another project. And if you have a situation with an injury, uh, this doesn't force them. You know, this prevents them from having to do what they did last year where they made that, you know, a trade to go get an offensive tackle. And it obviously worked out and paid off because he, you know, 
he you know helped them get to a Super Bowl, but they you know they'd like to be in a situation where they can develop their own guy. I think that's what Yadni Kajus does. Uh, I think there's a lot of work to be done with him technically. I love his active feet, but I'm not you know with because I don't have athletic data, it's difficult to project his future. I think he would have been a nice athlete, but you know it, it becomes an unknown. And you know, but this is this is sort of what the Patriots do is they. They draft a couple linemen a year uh, and let Skarniakia sort of do his thing, and he finds guys that can contribute. and And they've got a line, an offensive line most people don't know uh, at all. Um, they're not a bunch of household names, and they get the job done, and usually at a very high level. Yeah, and obviously they, they went right back and went to the well once again. And uh, obviously, uh, I'm not even going to try to butcher this first name, but Froholt, Pete Guard out of Arkansas. But see, this is where they're at, and you know, this year. New England was a position where, obviously, you know, I don't know if they tried to get out of these picks or maybe they just really couldn't. Um, but you know, they, they, a big haul. But you know, if any team can afford to miss on a third round pick or a fourth round pick, it's obviously New England Patriots. But the guard out of Arkansas. Well, I mean, and, and the Patriots, you know, drafting isn't great. They miss a lot of picks, and they they're one of those teams that tries to get a ton of them so they can afford to miss on picks. Uh, I really like uh, Hjalti. Froholt uh, from Arkansas. He's got great athletic traits. Uh, I believe he's an IMG Academy guy. Um, you know, obviously, foreign, uh, you know, kid, very name, uh, <laughs> ends up going to the Patriots here. And I think this is a great situation for him. Uh, again, they don't need guys to plug and play. They need guys to develop, buy into what they're doing, and learn. Um, in terms of athletic traits, he's got them all. So, you know, in that sense, it's a great setup it's not that far off from drew forbes except for a holt obviously played at a bigger school in arkansas um but that's you know that's the type of guy you want to get those are the projects you want to take and again you know they, they had a three third round picks and, and two fourth round picks and two fifth round picks you know if if some of those guys don't make the team uh or aren't on the team in two years you know it will be difficult to notice yeah, and you know, and who's to say where it's going to be in two years? Look, eventually, Father Time's going to catch up. At least that's what I keep telling myself, guys. Uh, so, you know, just keep plugging and playing. And then, uh, if you would ask me in about October of 2017 about some quarterbacks that I thought would have nice NFL futures, Jared Stidham was one of them. If you ask Jeff in April of 2019, Jared Stidham ain't one of them. But go ahead, Pete. Right, so he, he you know... A lot is is with Stidham as he played in such an unconventional odd. So it's you know, man, you know that that you know, air, you know, it's play that great for Auburn raises. You know, he is a big kid with some athleticism and some traits and all those things. And you're in a situation where you don't need him to be good. Swing, and if it doesn't work, they'll go get another one. Um, just because the Patriots took him doesn't mean that he's going to be good. Obviously, Kevin O'Connell and a number of other quarterbacks have been pretty crappy. And, you know, everybody thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is great, but he was basically played evenly with Nick Mullins. So it's unclear as to how good they are at actually getting into and finding the right quarterback. But, you know, he's a worthwhile project that some people thought was going to go earlier than here i think patriots get a reasonable value on a swing uh yeah i mean it's it's jared stidham is not going to matter 
it's, you know, I mean, do you stick around long enough to maybe get your ring if it goes that far? Um, but when Tom is, you know, finally setting off into the sun, it's not going to be any quarterback that's on that roster. They're going to go out and, and they'll get the next guy, get the next dude, so to speak. Um, guys, I had mentioned last night we had sent, uh, we'd recorded right before Pete was making his way down to Mobile, and Amon Marshall was one guy I talked about, and then there was another highly recruited, uh, highly recruited former five-star that college career really didn't work out too well. Byron Carrot out of Maryland, uh, he was actually uh, selection here in the fifth round for the Patriots. Pete, uh, I mean, pretty much got everything you're looking for, but the the tape just never happened. Yeah, he played at Auburn first and then ended up in Maryland. He didn't do dick for either team. Um, he had a career-high three sacks this past year, and I don't think he recorded a single one for Auburn. Um, yeah, he's a big-deal recruit, and there are guys who will get drafted entirely based off that. Um, and Cowart's a reasonably good athlete. There's just nothing there, so you're basically taking a guy in the fifth round and saying, well, he's athletic, maybe we can get something out of him. And, and there's you know, reason to do that. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's going to be worth much. I would be surprised if he makes the team, but stranger things have happened. You just, it's one of those things where you're saying, why is a guy who was shitty in college twice, um, going to be good in the NFL? And, you know, maybe if, if, if he lived up to the hype, maybe he's going in the first round, but, uh, he didn't, so here we are, and, and it's sort of a let's see, let's see if we can't get something out of him that nobody else did. Or again, because it's the Patriots, there's something super specific they like that he does, and they're going to have him do that one thing. Certainly, certainly could be. Ha- um, then uh, obviously here, you know, also in the fifth, a punter. Uh, we're not gonna even going to go there, guys. Um, He's smart. Well, of course he is, and you know, pr- Stanford. Absolutely, and you know he may. You'll probably end up going to a career where he's going to make a lot more money than he will be punting in the NFL. Um, and then cornerback Ken Webster to close it out for the Patriots in the seventh. Yeah, um, I had Ken Webster as a target. Um, you know, he he's really athletic. He's had some injury issues. He had enough production, uh, but it was really his athleticism that carried him, and the production was you know. You could, you could say he's this athletic that this level of production was enough. So, again, he's a swing, but I, you know, this is the type of guy who has a chance to stick. And if he can just stay healthy, if he can catch, and maybe he does something, um, it's not really that different from what the Browns did in the seventh round, honestly. Uh, but he yep. has, you know, he has more. Uh, he has obviously athletic data and, and his production is not as good, but it's basically the same idea you're taking a flyer on a guy with something you like what he brought to the table and you're trying to see if he can give you that and maybe give you more of it. In both cases, they took guys who had been hurt, uh, that you're hoping can, can, can stay healthy and be consistent. If they can do that, you might find a spot for them. If not, you know, maybe you're lucky enough where you get them on your practice squad, uh, but you know he's a guy with talent. He's a guy worth seeing if he can give you something. And if he can, it's great. If not, again, it's not a big deal. And and I like that Ken Webster is a very different style of, of DB as Juwan Williams, which again the Patriots likes to do. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see him. Uh, uh, you know, out of all the picks, 
Um, after Froholt, he's the one that interests me the most uh, to see if he can hang on there. Uh, but where they got him, it's you know an opportunity for him to you know catch on and potentially you know go to the Super Bowl as a rookie. Uh, so you know it's a great situation for him. I think it's a good pick for them. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you talk about the production with him. It's against SEC competition. So, you know, I mean, he, he's got a decent enough resume. Uh, guys, iTunes rating reviews. Uh, do me a favor. Go over there. Obviously, you know, uh, drop a five-star, drop a review. Tell everybody how hard we're working. Uh, so do me a favor. Take care of that now. That will bring us, Pete, to the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the Bills will make a, you know, a... A journey to First Energy Field this year. And uh, first things first, Pete, before we get into this first pick, are you going to need a minute? Are you okay with it? As we get to talking about Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle of the Buffalo Bills. Well, I mean, I actually cheered the pick because I bet the Bengals weren't getting him. Uh, so... once, every two, once every three to four years is a hell of a lot better than twice a year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, it's a great pick. I mean, look, not, it's a great pick on its face. It's a great pick because, you're, again, you're looking at this in a vacuum and you're saying, did we get a great player? I think you've got a guy with unbelievable talent. He's going to a great situation on a great defense with a really good defensive coordinator and head coach and Sean McDermott that can do wonders with a guy like him. I am fascinated to watch and see what they do with him. I think it's great, I, and I think the way they – uh, were able to move up. Their second round pick makes the first pick look that much better. Okay, then. And uh, look, uh, guys, uh, we, we spent a ton of time on Ed Oliver. Fantastic player. Um, and even better for Buffalo because there was thoughts that they were going to trade up three, four to try and get Ed Oliver, to not have to give up any assets, stay at nine, and get Ed Oliver. Just fantastic job on their part. And like I said, hope great thing that we're only – Hopefully, going to see him you know, once every couple of years because certainly not a guy you're going to want to have to deal with. Cody Ford, uh, guard out of Oklahoma. And they had a couple of pictures of him up today in that Bills facility. I don't know what in the world is at the training tables in Norman or what kind of bottled water. These offensive linemen, Pete, these guys are gargantuan dudes, man. Yeah, uh, and this, you know, my big issue with the Buffalo Bills was they needed to get guys to help protect – uh, Josh Allen. The only reason Cody Ford didn't my my board is I you know I thought the bench press was too low. He only had 16 reps. Um, some people care about them, some don't. But he is enormous, and I think he will get every shot to be an offensive tackle before he's guard. Uh, I think if they can, they'd love him to be their left tackle. Um, if not, then you know they keep Deion Dawkins there and and they move Cody Ford to one of the guard spots. Either scenario. They get a guy who has been a run blocker, and they get a guy who can protect the quarterback. And again, if you're going to do the stuff you're doing with Josh Allen for any length of time, a guy with a shoulder uh, with a metal plate in it, and then uh, what was thought to be at the time to be a significant injury to his UCL um, during the season, then you need to do more to help him. And you need to do more to help the running game, which also helps him. So I, I, I think this is a great move for them. Uh, Cody Ford, and for a lot of people, is a first-round pick. He slipped a little bit. The Buffalo Bills, Bills said, we're not messing around. We're going to go get our guy. And they managed to get the offensive lineman that they needed while also still getting Ed Oliver. So for those two picks, I think the Buffalo Bills crushed it. Yeah, I mean, they had a nice start to it. And, it, it, I mean, look, all of it, 
I mean, and they've had, you know, they had nice free agent signing as well. It's going to come down to what year two of Josh Allen brings you. Um, obviously, you're going to hope the accuracy takes the accuracy takes a tremendous leap. Uh, you hope he's not going to be running all over the damn field because otherwise you can see Tyree Jackson sooner than later, which you don't want to do. Uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, Pete, this was one where the tape was fantastic. And then Devin Singletary tested, and it was just, uh, huh? What? And maybe it's because, obviously, you know, the, you know playing in the, you know, the conference he played in, but it just never did add up. And, you know, and obviously a smaller, smaller-bodied guy. The tape was nice, but the guy's tiny as hell and didn't test very well. Interesting selection here, you know, in the third round, as, you know, basically ended up being almost a top 75 pick. Right. So Devin Singletary, uh, you know, up until the combine and then his pro day was regarded as one of the ex- most explosive players at tailback for the season. And then he tested and nobody talked about him anymore. Um, a lot of this is going to come down to what you believe. If you believe he's more athletic than he tested uh, or you retested him at your facility or whatever, and you're happy with what you came away with, then I sort of get it. The problem is he doesn't have very much production either. So you took a very traitsy running back to pair with your super old, slow backfield. Um, you know, Come on, I, Pete. they got about 90 years of NFL experience in that backfield. So I don't know if you know this is going to pan out. Uh, you know, It's a swing. It's a guy who maybe they like as a particular role, as a little more of an explosive guy, because the other guys are a little bit more... Uh, well, LeSean McCoy used to be explosive. Um, so they get a swing. I, I don't think it works out. I think they'll be back to the drawing board at running back next year. But, you know, sure things have happened. Maybe he's, you know, a nice little role player. Uh, they can, you know, maybe provide a spark every so often. Uh, and, and again, they, they again, trying to help out Josh Allen and trying to make things a little bit easier on him is smart. Uh, but I, I think they, they missed the mark on the pick. Yeah, I, I, look, there's a bunch of other backs, I, I, you know, I would have gone with here. Um, and look, even still, if you have all these veterans here, that's great, but you may want a guy, you wanted to get his feet wet where maybe he could have been your man the next year. Uh, maybe you still go that route, whatever. It just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the fit here, and it'll be interesting. And you know, I just, you know, just a tiny, tiny guy. And I mean, if you're going to be that small, you want elite testing, and that is not what you got from uh, Devin Singletary. Here, this one, this one's the interesting one, and I don't know if we we probably didn't get enough into him throughout. You know, obviously all the draft coverage that we did, Pete. That's not fair. We did as much as he did. Well, maybe that's part of it. But here is the ultimate, I mean, this is the ultimate prize in a Cracker Jack box in Dawson, Dawson Knox. Looks the part, athletic enough, and this, always, this goes back to the old Miss in a nutshell, which we spent time on this as well, is what the hell were you all doing down there? Because apparently you had a whole bunch of talent and you couldn't do anything with it. Um, but they get Dawson Knox here, and, you know, obviously, you know, Year one, uh, hopefully a, a way to work himself in because you brought in a bunch of free agent you know, wide receivers, and, and you know, I don't think anybody when Knox is on the field is going to think to cover him. But this is the ultimate, just literally, this is an absolute scratch-off. Right. So he you know, obviously came from Ole Miss, the most mediocre team money could buy. Uh, and, you know, there were it's it sounds like there were people who tried to sort of you know, give him the, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt opportunity. Well, yeah, they tried to give him sort of the opportunity to basically like ride the fact that, 
you know, you had all these playmakers, and that's why you didn't get the ball. And he basically said, no, <laughs> you know, that wasn't why. And, you know, he's very raw. Um, and, again, this is another player that athletically looks great. It's just not there on the tape and or in terms of the production. So Certainly not there. What, you know, you're again, it's a lottery pick in a sense that you're trying to get something out of him that he has not shown to this point. Um I understand the thought process. I it's not one I really believe in. I think it's too early to make this sort of play um, with a third round pick on this type of tight end. I, I think if you're going to take a guy like that, you wait till uh, day three. But we'll see if he, he does more than he could at um, Ole Miss. Now, granted, his his sporting <laughs> cast in Buffalo may not be as good. So maybe he will get some more opportunities. We'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, open, open, you know, ultimate wild card. You could look back at this in two years now and say, man, people just let Dawson Knox go to round three. Or it could be, well, you want to know what? You know, look like Tarzan, ultimately played like Jane. And, you know, that'll, you know, tell the tale. Um, then to Florida for, obviously, linebacker Vassan Joseph. Uh, safety, Jaquan Johnson. Pete, uh, a little more help there, obviously, for the defensive side of the ball. Up in Buffalo. Right. Um, Voshan Joseph and Jaquan Johnson are largely, you know, draft tiers. Um, Voshan Joseph didn't test particularly well, and he was not productive. Uh, you know, J- same story largely for Jaquan Johnson. There's just all three of these picks are sort of, you know, there's this trait we really like, but we can't back up any of it, and that's sort of the situation, and, and maybe they'll be better. Um, certainly, you know, Joseph and Johnson are going to a nice setup in terms of, again, Buffalo has a good defense and has been able to get a lot out of, you know, some really good talent and a lot of sort of middling players. Uh, maybe that's the situation here, but neither one was great for their respective colleges. So again, I'm not, I don't have very high hopes for either. Yeah, I mean, Joseph, it was one of those things uh, you know, didn't test very well. And you know, with the linebacker class, there were a lot of them that didn't test well. There were a lot that did, and that shook up. And if you guys heard me today, I was on uh, I was on with uh, the BYU radio show today talking about Taki Taki. And it was, you knew who the top two were. But, I mean, you could have asked anybody for their linebackers ranked 3 for, fi- three for 15. And you could ask 20 people, and you would have had... It would have been absolutely insanity. Nobody would have even been close. I guess it was you know it would have been more of you know what your flavor and what exactly you were looking for in a linebacker. So you Joseph there, Johnson. Look, I mean these you guys just it's not the program it used to be. And you look, I'll lump my Florida State into it. Uh, a lot of these guys are heading out of the state of Florida right now. Um, you know, going to other places. They're just not getting the you know the the dogs, the athletes that they used to. And that's how you get you know guys. Even though you you know you see the school name attached to it. It doesn't carry the same cachet that it once did. Daryl Johnson, edge out of UNC, Pete. I'm going to tell you right now, this ain't a dude we ever mentioned once. True. Um, you know, North Carolina, A&T. Yeah, every is... time I see it, first thing I think of is the old Syracuse fullback who went on to star for the Dallas Cowboys as Emmett Smith's right-hand man for years. Yes, and it's not related to him. Um, There's no T in there. Right. Um you know, North Carolina A&T is a powerhouse in the HBCU realm. Uh, if you're ever watching the, uh, is it the Celebration Bowl? 
Um, that's usually North Carolina A&T and, and a SWAC team. Yes. Um, and North Carolina A&T is a powerhouse uh, in that respect, and those games are really competitive, but they're usually the better team. Uh, Daryl Johnson is a massive human being. He's like 6'6", 253, so he's very tall, rangy, and he had, you know, he's very productive for uh, North Carolina A&T. They, they had you know, 10 and a half sacks, 19 tackles for loss, a good amount of solo tackles on a team. He has production you like. I, I don't know what his athletic traits are. All I know is he d- did uh, the bench at the Combine. Uh, so you're getting a big body pass rusher, can probably play a defensive end. Maybe you stand him up a little bit. But, you know, I think he's – you're hoping he can provide uh, more more depth at the pass rushing position. They've got some guys who are getting older. Uh, you know, they've got uh, – What's his face? Lorenzo Alexander, who's you know had a pretty good run these last couple years, and then they've got uh, what's his face from uh, where's he at? Uh, See if I can find Jerry Hughes. So both those guys are getting older, uh, bringing some more life. Younger. um, They've still got Jack Lawson on the team. Um, so they're, they're hoping to get more that. from that. They brought in, they brought in Trent Murphy, you know, to try to upgrade that group. But this is another shot to try to get more help up front, get a rotation going, get some more pressure on qu- the quarterback. I mean, they're in a division with, you know, Tom Brady and Sam Darnold and whatever the Dolphins, you know, whatever the uh, Dolphins roll out this year. So they want to get after the, the two of those quarterbacks um, and try to create more pressure on defense to try to. You know, cause more turnovers and keep games lower scoring because at least you know to this point they have not demonstrated the ability to th- put up a ton of points, other than that one weird ass game where they just destroyed the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, which turned out to be a microcosm of what was going to be the Minnesota Vikings season in a nutshell. Um, Tommy Sweeney, uh, now Tommy Sweeney had a Boston College tight end. This is a guy we talked about. Pete, it could be interesting here because you could see Tommy Sweeney double triple snap count the amount of Dawson Knox you know what Tommy Sweeney is yeah he's a blocker he's a you know he's a Boston dude who you know not afraid to get into a fight uh, tough dude his athleticism wasn't great he's very he has elite production uh, from his junior year uh, and you know he's not a guy that's a dynamic pass catcher but if you know he's a nice tight end too that does a lot of blocking and you know, if you throw a pass at him and he's open, he'll catch it and move the chains. He's that Darren Fells type guy, which is why up until, you know, they, they brought in uh, Demetrius Harris that I thought Tommy Sweeney could be in the mix for that. Obviously, once they made that move, it seemed very unlikely they were going to do that. Uh, yeah, Buffalo it knows exactly what they're getting. They're trying to still um, get another player that can run the football uh, catch a few passes and you know keep them more a physical football team. Yeah, so uh, there's your Buffalo Bills uh, draft wrap. Uh, look, I mean, you know, a lot of you know they obviously Ed Oliver off the top and some substance in the first couple of picks. Uh, some gambles here, you know, with some of the guys they took on day three. Uh, you know, depth guys can they step up to be more? But look, the story is simple on the Buffalo Bills guys. It comes out of one thing and one thing. How does he progress? Does he finally make that next step? Uh, Mel Kuyper fighting that fight for his boy today. That was nice to see, and uh, almost like taking offense that there were you know, still Josh, o- Josh Allen jokes out there. Like, 
you know, smell everything we saw last year. Yeah, there was some good, but the bad that we saw was everything that we, everyone saw going into the entire process. Hiring tends to hiring used to be hard. Finding a career used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on capital L. I'm sorry, lowercase, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with their right experiences and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate throughout the site within the first day. So, guys, go ahead, check that if you need something. Or, like I said, if you're looking to improve your career or you need or are currently looking for work. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Pete, that will take us to the New York Jets, because obviously with the Dolphins, there's going to be a little bit more than just their draft class. The New York Jets, uh, as a small class, and look, this is the tax that they were going to have to pay for the move they made, obviously, you know, for Sam Darnold, which is fine. You, you paid to get up to get your guy. Uh, you're going to have to deal with it for a year. Then, obviously, you're going to get to you know a, you know, a full class, and we'll see where that class actually lies for them. But here the New York Jets, Pete, uh, you know, obviously in, look, Quinn and Williams, one over, uh, three overall, first-round pick. A lot of talk whether or not they would move out of it, try to get an edge guy, hopefully fill in some more holes. But at the end of the day, you got the best player in the 2019 NFL draft at three. You didn't have to trade up. He fell into your lap. Yes, I know you have Leonard Williams. Yes, they're going to play for Greg Williams. But being stout in your interior, your defensive tackles, it, it's a nice start. It's a really nice start. So... The one thing Tom Brady hates more is, you know, mess around his feet. Yeah, interior pressure, as most quarterbacks are the case. And that's what Queen Williams gives you. Uh, and, yes, he's the best best prospect in the draft. So, you know, the worst worst thing they, the, you know, the Jets can say is they got the worst player in the draft. Or uh, the best player in the draft. Unfortunately, that's largely where this story ends. But uh, they didn't have a ton of picks. But, yeah, I mean, he's... Plug and play, obvious impact guy should should be able to hit the ground running and, and be good for them in it immediately. It's just a question of do they have enough help around him uh, to really matter. Well, I mean, the issue is with this Jets team is you, they needed more. They need they needed edge they needed pass rushing, which we're going to get to in a second. They needed a little bit more at the cornerback position. Um, they never moved on from Deron Lee, so that noose is still hanging around their neck, so to speak. Uh, you know. I think they did the best they could between free agency and between the drafts and limited picks, and you were never, and guys, anybody knows this is Browns fans, you're not going to fix it in one offseason. It's just not possible. But uh, they, this one, they, they got lucky. Um, you know, this was a guy they were rumored to be okay with and rumored to be in, lo- in love with. And, Pete, I think when all this was going down, I, said you, I know you said you were more comfortable taking the over. But he did squeak in under the top 75. Ja'Kai Polite, uh, 
hope you're ready to work, bro. I hope you're going to treat this NFL opportunity a lot better than you treated your draft process interviews and all that stuff and the workouts and but you know obviously because he could he could really turn out to be somebody that Jets fans are going to fall in love with if he goes in there and does what his tape says he can do but if the Jakai Polite that we got to know through the NFL draft process shows up it, it, it could get ugly and it could get ugly quickly right so you're 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 hoping that if you're the Jets you got you got the guy who showed up on tape the guy who was a dominant edge rusher the guy who showed that explosive first step that could turn the corner and get to the quarterback and could do it in a variety of ways um, unfortunately his athletic testing was horrible um, and again I've mentioned this before but I think it eerily similar to Demontre Moore, who went to the other New York team in the third round after having a ton of production but testing like shit uh, in the draft process and ultimately didn't do anything. He played this past year in the AAF. Uh, I'm very skeptical of Ja'Kai Polite, but, you know, if it works, this draft will look substantially better instantly. Oh, absolutely. And if, it doesn't, if it doesn't, it's kind of a it kind of blows a big hole in it. Well, I mean, we're talking about a guy here who, you know, there were times where people said, well, would you take Brian Burns in the top 20 or would you take Ja'Kai Polite? He hits the ground running. You know, the Jets may have gotten two first-round picks and only made one pick in the first round and a pick in the third round. So, but, I mean, it's it's a big if at this point because uh, of the draft process. Uh, they need help on the offensive line. Uh, what they really needed was a center. That is not what they drafted. Uh, Chuma Adugwa, tackle out of USC, Pete. Yeah, Doga is Adoga. a um, very agile offensive lineman. I don't think he has the length to play tackle. I think he's a guard. The issue there is he he's just not as explosive explosive as you prefer. Um, it's anyone's guess what's true and isn't true as far as rumors regarding his maturity and that stuff. And it's hard USC. to rate it because I mean, when you're talking about the USC program right now, it, it's it's another one. They they're not the USC we're known to knowing. So you know he is a a guy who can plug in a guard. You hope he gets stronger. You hope he improves on the explosion. Uh, he looked very impressive at the Senior Bowl uh, in that regard. So we'll see where they come out with this. I. I think it's an okay pick. I, I just think, you know, that's a situation you could do better, especially if you're trying to get a center. Um, and maybe they will have him try to snap. Uh, I don't know if that's in his background at all. But, you know, that's always a possibility with that type of guy. Uh, and, look, that would be the win. And maybe the Jets, maybe that's where they do see him because that is the big need for that team right now. Uh, Trayvon Wesco out of West Virginia. Um, yeah, some Jet fans, oh, we'll put a little more weight on him. You know, you, you could put him at top. Just because he's a big tight end, guys, watch the film. Dude's pretty athletic. He's a Matt Waldman favorite. I think he's the perfect complement to Herndon, who will probably never give you the blocking ability that you're hoping for in a traditional true number one tight end. But with Wesco here, I, I think you have your complement for two tight end sets for the next couple of years. Right. Um, he's interesting because, you know, he's a big blocking tight end with some juice. And if, interestingly enough, as big as he is, at like 270 pounds, he showed up at the Senior Bowl and was a fullback for that, you yep. know, just to make it work. So he gives you some options. I mean, you can move him around. You can have him be an inline guy that can block. You can have him potentially be that H-back, fullback type style guy. Um, you know, they, they need a guy, a guy who can clear the way. This guy is a little bit more... 
traditional in that respect, and and maybe they can run the ball and, and give Sam Darnold some more help in that regard. And if he can, you know, contribute as that, you know, pass catching fullback a little bit, give them a couple plays in that respect, that'll really elevate that pick. And I think it, when you take a guy that high, I think you're expecting that. So that'll be sort of the, the question mark. Certainly if he's a great blocking back, no one will care. But if you're taking one quite this high, it suggests you're wanting a little bit of, out of the passing game. Yeah, but even still, though, I mean, look, if Herndon's on the field and you have Bell on the field and whether it's Robbie Anderson or it's Quincy Inunua or it's uh, you know Crowder, there's going to be times where he's unaccounted for. And if he catches it and he's got you know 10 yards in front of somebody, you don't want to get in front of this. He is a big, big dude, and he will hurdle you. He's not a dude you want, you know, you want to get into it with. So it's going to be an interesting pick. This is one that I really do like, obviously. Uh, Blake Cashman, obviously fantastic combine. The tape was good at Minnesota. The question was the injuries. Obviously, the medicals checked out. He tested very, very well in Indy. But the problem is, Pete, is they have Avery Williamson. The problem is, Pete, they just gave C.J. Mosley a ton of money. They needed more outside guys. Can if they're gonna, I guess they're going. I guess they are. They're going for three. I don't know where Blake Cashman fits in this scenario, and you still have Deron Lee on your roster, which maybe means he's de- he's dead and buried, and he's not going to be here. But yeah, Blake Cashman, uh, he is a short-armed, um, which typically ends up with you on the inside. Uh, athletic freak with medical questions regarding his shoulders. He's had surgery on both of them, allegedly cleared. You never know where teams teams really feel about it. That may be why he fell this far. Uh, he can fly around and do some shit. He's not always, like, it doesn't always look pretty, but he's very physical. He's powerful. He's a guy who could, you know, the guy you want to take on that Trevin, Trevin West could Wesco block like you know uh, you know how he got the shoulder injuries he got the shoulder injuries because like you know some guys say oh business decision Blake Cashman don't play that way yeah he's a guy who can potentially knock that lead back into the ball carrier and take them both out that's you know the explosive power he offers um I'm very curious to see what he does with the Jets uh you know if 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 he's depth um, that play special teams because of athleticism or if they really do like him as sort of an inside guy early. Uh, yeah, obviously the Browns had uh, Greg Williams, and even with a bunch of linebackers, he found spots for some of these depth guys, whether it was blitzing or doing some other things. And maybe that's what Blake Cashman is. He's going to be initially a guy that you just sort of shoot at the quarterback from various spots or whatever that he gives them a different look that they don't currently have. I agree. I think Avery Williamson and uh, and uh, C.J. Mosley is a really good combo, so it's a cur- curious to see where this ultimately works out. But, again, he, he, he might just be a guy that Greg Williams looks at, as, looks at as a defensive weapon as opposed to a line, you know, a, in, an inside linebacker. Um, and now, Pete, we had talked about this team here. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, actually, we have one more here. Uh, Blaze on Austin. Uh, this was just a gamble on a guy who tested really well at a pro day. Uh, obviously, you know, he's played, I think, three games between over the last two calendar years, I think it is, in Blazon Austin. But uh, obviously, guys came to the Rutgers pro day to see Pete's boy, um, who showed out. Uh, but a guy, Blazon Austin, 
put up some really, really good numbers. Um, there's already talk that Jets may be able to stash him on a pup list or you know how it's going to work with him. But a gamble in the sixth round and athleticism, the guy out of Rutgers, and obviously you know they know they know the program well, probably know the kid well. So this is just a gamble on a cornerback who you like the athletic profile on. Yeah, took a dude out of their backyard. I think he has reasonable on on ball uh, production. I just don't think he had very many tackles. Uh, but yeah, he's he's got an injury issue. He's got to you know clear up first. Uh, and yeah, you're largely taking a swing on an was in your backyard, so it works on a lot of levels. Uh, and you know if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Um, that'll bring us to the Miami Dolphins. Um, look, I I guess we start here, Pete. You know, Josh Rosen is obviously now in the mix. You already paid Fitz a ton of money. You you can't let Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback this team, can you? I wouldn't think so. Uh, but you know, a lot depends on where what they really want to do. Look at it this that, way, though. Rosen already did the tank once, so maybe he can yeah. do it again. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's. The other part is you traded for this guy. You want to see what he can do. Uh, you know, if you're going to find yourself in a position to draft, you know, a, a potentially a, a Tua Tagovailoa or whatever the hell his name Tagliavola. is. Tagliavola. And please, or, let's just know, bury this one, guys. Now, he is not a quarterback that's going to go one overall. I'm just telling you now. There, there are a couple quarterbacks that people are reasonably excited about next year, but you, you know, you're not going to take that. I mean, Josh Rosen could conceivably end up being a quarterback who ends up on a team who then gets another quarterback drafted number one again. But you're going to find out first uh, whether that's right out of the starting gate or you know, as soon as things go ugly, which will be about the second half of the first game. Um, they, they need to find out. What he's doing, what he has, what he can offer, uh, so they can make sure that <clears throat> if he's good, they can sort of plan what around. Do we, that. What do we need? What does he need? Yeah. What type of receivers? Which will next? You're hoping Rosen is good because next year it's it's almost like ice cream. Next year, the wide receiver class. What does he need? Does he need deep speed? Does he need just an overall beast? Because it's a good class. So it's going to be interesting how it works out there. But now you have Fitz, and look, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, he likes his money, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, fancies himself somewhat of a quarterback. So so who knows, Pete? Yeah, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick has his own issues to work out. Uh, I, You know, again, find out what you have with Rosen as soon as you can. If he's good, you'll, you'll, live, you'll obviously be happy. The bigger issue here is the Arizona and the way they handled this. Um, I think once they made the move for Kyler Murray and didn't get offers, they should have kept this guy and waited to get a better offer later, whether it was training camp or in a year or whatever. Josh Rosen reportedly, when they took Kyler Murray, basically said, I'll just beat him out. Yep. You know, which is what you want. Like, I, I, I don't which just meant Which just meant we have to get rid of him now. We can't keep him here because this isn't what we want. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't understand the, you know, this the mentality that, that, that these egos are so sensitive and whatever, you know, that you, you have to, you know, only have one because the other might get his feelings hurt and no other position does that work happen with, but for some reason it happens with quarterbacks. So I think Arizona botched the handling of this. They could have kept him. Uh, you know, a quarterback interest is the stupidest concept in football and yet it exists. Guys who don't play magically get more valuable. 
or guys that you know show out in preseason and get more valuable. So I think they really sold themselves short. Maybe you can argue that this is doing right by the kid and obviously committing to Kyler Murray and all that stuff. But you know this, I will not be surprised in the least if if in a year or two, you know if, if Rosen's great. This is going to be a ugly, ugly trade for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, and the other thing is, is you're gonna, you know, I'm not sure who goes where. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, no, we play them. Yeah, I mean, but it's just gonna be interesting how it plays out because I mean, how, what are you gonna do if you're the Cardinals? And look, I mean, there's, you know, you got weapons for Kyler Murray. Obviously, you know, yeah, he, he put, took in receiver last year. Larry Fitzgerald is still there. You got Amanda Isabella. You got Akeem Butler. But then you're looking over, and Josh Rosen maybe he's playing better in Miami with less around him, and it's going to make Kyler Murray's seat hot and just, it, I don't know, it just, I agree with you 100%. This, he, Josh Rosen needed to be gone the second they said, you want to know what? We're going to take Kyler Murray at one. That's when Josh Rosen needed to be gone because all it did was muddy the waters. And Josh Rosen, for what everybody tried to say about him, Saturday he puts out a video congratulating Kyler Murray, speaking well of the city, his teammates, um, even put in a nice little joke at the end, offering up his apartment to Kyler, um, packed up his shit, went to Larry Fitzgerald's charity softball game, owned the moment, and got on a plane and took himself to Miami. I don't know if your problem is with that Josh Rosen is because he's, you know, young and somewhat smart and intelligent and maybe because he came from a rich background. I'm still trying to find the dick here that everybody's trying to say me Josh Rosen is what, because he was in a hot tub in his freaking dorm room as a freshman. I, 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 I still don't find that one. We get to the draft here itself, though, Pete. Christian Wilkins. Look, first things first, the draft, this lines up to a, 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 a nice tank draft. Christian Wilkins, obviously a good player, um, but he's not going to be able to do enough to make a difference in this. I was surprised the Dolphins took him because, you know, he's a safe player that can sort of pr- produce Makes right now. Plays. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I thought they would have gone with a more of a gamble-type pick, uh, maybe a Montez Sweat, maybe a Brian Burns, and get one of those guys who might need a little bit of time to develop. Um, but they took the safe guy. I'm sure some of this is, is they want what he brings to their locker room and to sort of, you know, be one of those guys that sort of starts what they're trying to build here uh, and and make sure he's a big part of it because he is a, you know, he's a better person off the field than he is on it. uh, And he's certainly a a good player. Uh, I mean, you're saying that about a guy who just went 13th overall in the NFL draft. So that's obviously a high testament to Christian Wilkins. Yeah. He's, he's just a fantastic human being. Uh, so that's a big advantage, uh, and, and I, I suppose that has to factor in in a big way for this this pick to make much sense. Uh, it's Maybe they're looking effect. to change the culture, Pete. Well, I mean, the Dolphins <laughs> typically are trying to do that, but if they really want to change the culture, I've got a guy for them. But yeah, I, Bring you your know, boy home! Unexpected pick, uh, but I, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine for them. I don't know if it'll... You know, top out the way they hope it does, but this does seem to have more implications than uh, on the field, which may or may not really be that smart of a move when you think about it. But we'll see. I mean, look, you know, maybe you're not tanking, but maybe you're saying, "Hey, top five would be just fine with us if we have a quarterback. We've got some pieces to build around. Obviously, you got Minka. Obviously, you got the quarterback out of Baylor. So, you know, you're just trying to strip down a roster." 
uh, and you know build around what is your gold. And there, there's some pretty good pieces there in place. Um, doubling up on Wisconsin guys, round three, round five. Uh, guard Michael Dieter. Obviously, Pete, we, we know the book there. You know, big as a house. They don't move much, but they will battle you all stinking day long. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know relatively boring guard uh you know obviously brings a lot of size doesn't bring much athleticism you know i i don't think it's a great pick but he might be a guy that can you know be a you know a an average to mediocre starting guard for a couple of years which you know that's sort of miami's mode so it fits right in with that um if he's more than that i'll be pleasantly surprised for him uh but i i'm not sure i see it a ton there I mean, look, I mean, you know what it is with these Wisconsin Well, offenses. he could be center. If he's a center, then again, you throw out the athletic traits and you just hope he's good. Yeah, and just duck and make sure that Rosen or Fitzpatrick can throw the ball over your head. Uh, obviously, then I mentioned linebacker. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, Pete, you had your eyes on a Wisconsin linebacker. The testing didn't help him, but uh, the one you had your eyes on wasn't the greatest draft day for him. No, uh, and Van Ginkle... You know the uh, the flying Dutchman. Uh, <laughs> you know he he didn't produce at Wisconsin, but he did test better. So I think that's what this is. And again, in the fifth round, you know, if you get him on special teams, he contribute that way. Then then you know maybe it works out. I don't know how much he really has to offer more than that. Uh, I think he missed some time with injuries and stuff at Wisconsin, but it just it never really happen the way you would want to there and and yes i i don't know where tj edwards is even signed as a uh, uh free agent or if he signed so yeah not great i thought i saw his name today but i i'll be honest i cannot remember the name that was associated with i'm not saying it was anything official official but uh then pete obviously ohio state uh isaiah prince um a lot of buckeyes drafted you know doesn't mean all of them are gonna stick well, you know, and the larger point with a lot of Buckeyes is drafted other than Bosa way later than a lot of people were trying to say they would be. Um, so we'll keep that. that. We'll keep that one. Well, other and Haskins. Yeah, I mean, what? But he, even him, was the top quarterback or top ten quarterback in with fifteen. But certainly not a bad day for him. Uh, Isaiah Prince, very big body, has decent athletic traits. You know. You know, Mel Kuyper did a good job of talking about he was much better as a junior than he was as a senior. Um, it just didn't sort of, you know, it, it didn't take another step, and it seemed like he took half a step back as a senior. But he's the type of body, you know, you want to work with and develop. Obviously, he played at a high-level school. Uh, you know, I'm assuming he worked at OLP with Charles Bentley, which is certainly good. Um that you know, he's a good body. I think he's more of a right tackle than he is left tackle. That's so we played at Ohio State. I do think he he could potentially be a starter down the road, or, or at least in the, you know what what level that is. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think when you take a right tackle, you take them with the intent to draft to to ultimately play them. Even though he was picked in the sixth round, I think from that standpoint, it's a very good value for them, and and could result in in years of starting right tackle. Yeah, and you know, that's I mean that's what you're looking for. And if you can find a way to save money on the offensive line, obviously it'd be a great, uh, you know, great team investment. You know, obviously they're not hurting for money right now with Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, obviously Josh Rosen hits it, and you, then you're going to have to start spending, and you're going to need to start 
bringing in skill which costs money so there is that avenue to it um and then i'll close it out with this pete i can tell you right now chandler cox running back out of auburn he is definitely a guy that got no run on the lob draft podcast yeah i mean we uh we may have missed the mark on fullbacks this year um <laughs> And, and, and you know what is interesting is how many got drafted. Um, there were a lot of fullbacks taken this year, uh, and it didn't seem like it was a particularly special one. Hell, the Bronze are bringing one for a tryout. Um, you know, I, I have very little to offer on on the fullback class. Hopefully, it works out for him. Seventh round pick. You know, if you, the type of guy who can, it's it's basically proving himself against. A theoretical other roster spot as opposed to maybe another fullback. Well, here's the other thing, kid. You better be able to cover some kicks and you better be doing damn well to have a shot because it is 2019. Uh, so that there uh, closes it out with the Miami Dolphins here. Um, you forgot one guy and a guy you like. From the Dolphins? Right after Chandler Cox. Literally the next pick. They took Miles Gaskin, the running back out of Washington. I liked him until he tested, and he tested like a guy who weighs 230 pounds, not a guy who hovers at 195. Yeah. I, I was fascinated the idea that they had a, uh, a well, I mean, it's, it's camera really... set up at his house. Oh, oh, my God. He was one of those poor kids? Yeah. and you know, it's, Well, that's what happens when he played for four years. Exactly. Yeah, he's a very good college player, so it becomes you know an interesting story. and. You know, I, I you know, they, they happy moment for him getting drafted, and I, I think he warranted getting drafted based on what he's done. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, that he can produce somewhere uh, for the Dolphins. Um, you know, they, they've got a, a lot of that type of back, um, not a whole lot of size there. Uh, so maybe he can be, you know, a little scat back type guy. Maybe a guy catching passes. Uh, certainly understands how to play the game in a lot of ways. He's Compliments Drake pretty well in that respect. Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways, he he is very similar to James Davis uh, when he came out of Clemson. Or nice. Was that Clemson? Yes, um, absolutely. Buster Davis he, um, did a lot of did a lot of things well from a technical standpoint. Looked like a guy who should be a running backs coach. Just not a lot of athleticism. Um, reasonable production as as he did. Um, so we'll see. I, you know, seventh round, twentieth pick, it's worth a shot. Yeah, I and mean, you know, if anything, look, the kid produced and you know played four years. And you know, obviously, he was a, a stalwart for the Washington Huskies. Uh, just you know, I, I did like Miles Gaskin. I just I liked, it, but he was another guy. I liked him more in seventeen, and then he stayed because obviously the draft review wasn't great. Put up another good season, but. You know, still the same case, same end result. Uh, ended up being a late day three pick. Um, but look, I mean, there's there's no reason to believe he won't get a shot in Miami. Obviously, you got Drake, who you know has found his role there. Uh, he can complement that. And look, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, you're most likely going to be throwing the ball a ton anyway. Seeing what you have in Josh Rosen, and also the fact that you know you're not going to be a very good football team. Pete, anything breaking? Anything we missed? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I I think. It's relatively quiet on this point. I, I think other than, well, the, the one thing that did happen, and I don't know if we, we talked about it yesterday or not, was um, what happened with Corey Ballantyne at, at oh Washburn. Oh, God. Um, kid could, should be having, you know, one of the greatest days of his life. He gets drafted sixth round uh, by the Giants. And unfortunately, that same evening, 
um, some off-campus thing. He gets he gets shot and injured, um, and you know a, a teammate of his, and I assume a friend of his. Because no, it's not- actually it's I, I've seen some social media. It was like they they were best friends. They were tight as hell. Like he was celebrating with his boy, and just oh my god, the heartbreak. And unfortunately, you know his his best friend you know died uh due to the gunshot so not only is he sitting there you know potentially in a hospital bed because he just got shot uh, you know instead of being able to sit there and enjoy you know the prospect of getting go to new york and, and start working out and proving himself to the nfl he's sitting there in a hospital bed and mourning the loss of his best friend so and dealing from a gunshot wound yeah, it's just it's crushing from that standpoint. You know that that you you get those reminders of you know how hard some of these guys have it in life, or just you know the the how random things can happen, and you know unfortunately situations like this happen far too often. It's you know I mean look it's it's so much different nowadays where. You know, even back in the day, it was, you know, even if confrontation happened, it was, you know, some punches were thrown, somebody may have left with a black eye. But the more and more you see this now, it's, you know, even if something happens, you know, some words come exchanged, next thing you know, there's, you know, guns being pulled, and you're talking about, you know, casualties and guys in the hospital. It's just, I mean, just the whole situation is just disgusting, and you feel terrible for the young man. Uh, good news for him and for the New York Giants is Corey Ballantyne is supposed to make a full recovery from his injury, um, where the young man's head is going to be, where his heart's going to be. It, it's just tragic, and you hate to see it, and especially for these kids who you know fight like hell. I mean, it was just enough for him to get to a school, Washburn, which is not a big school, and then to get yourself on the radar and to actually get your name called in the sixth round. And you're going from small, small area, small, small college. You're going to the tri-state area to go play for the New York Giants. It's just, it's, it's just so rough to see. And uh, look, I mean, you know, Corey Ballantyne, you, you, you'll always have a fan. Uh, you know, wish you nothing but the best. And you just, you, you just feel for any of these kids because first things first, you know, 21, 22 years old, you're not equipped to be dealing with things of this nature. Uh, you just, you know. As much as we always talk about these guys are so much more intellectually smart, uh, a lot of times, though, because of upbringing and the way it is now, you're not as emotionally smart because you're protected a little bit more. And, look, I know I do it. My oldest daughter, she's very smart. Uh, you know, Emotionally, we protect her. And that's the way it is. That's the norm in 2019. That's the way it is. It, it's just different nowadays. But, uh, you know, obviously all the best to him, you know, in his career to the New York Giants. Hope he goes ahead and tears it up out there. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete's work for the time being can be found over at NFL Spin Zone. So go ahead and make sure you guys are checking that out. Uh, make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore the Locked On Browns Twitter account. We always keep that follow back. As you guys know, you guys are fantastic with it. Tons of interaction comes through there through the DMs. Guys, like I know, like I tell you all the time, if you're not a big fan of Twitter, that's fine, and you're on Twitter or whatever, and you want to ask something, just go ahead and uh, DM Locked On Browns. We'll take care of you over there. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, it's been a fun, fun few days, because obviously as much as we love covering the draft up into it, but when it actually finally starts and it's on the table, it, it's just a blast, and I love every minute of it, and you guys have loved every minute of it. The 
Uh, the amount of you know, downloads and the feedback from all you guys has been outstanding. Couldn't appreciate it more. Obviously, our buddy Lane Adams over the OBR gave us a nice little push, which we appreciate. The guys over the Orange Brown Report, they do a fantastic job. They bust their asses as well. So, uh, you know, any written contact along with Pete's content, along with Pete's, go ahead, check out anything they're doing over there. Those guys put out a ton, ton. And it was funny that somebody put out something today about, oh, well, this is the guy that broke the Odell news. Eh, for any of us who check out with the OBR. Maybe we know where that story came from as well. Um, but yes, like I said, we're going to put a bow on this here, guys. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.